Rangers, I'm Don Lego. It's time to buckle up for a new episode of Rays Nation Radio, the one and only podcast made to inspire fundraisers like you to continue making impact in our communities, building better tomorrows and exchanging ideas. So whether you're a trailblazer or seasoned pro, you'll pick up the trends that transform your fundraising. And together, we'll dive into lively conversations and chat with industry-leading fundraisers and thought leaders to explore hot-button issues and innovative ideas. So stay with us for the next 30 minutes while we inspire you to embrace the future of fundraising. I have a wonderful guest today. Hello, all you fearless fundraisers. Uh, if this is your first time here, welcome, welcome, welcome. We we stream on 11 podcast channels and on demand at onecause.com. If you're returning, we love to have you back. And this is a very wonderful and inspiring episode. We have the pleasure of in the house, Jackie Jordan-Welker, who's the Senior Director of Marketing and Communications, very important job at Make-A-Wish East Eastern North Carolina. So we're going to talk about wishes come true. Hi, Jackie. How are you? Thanks for joining us on Raise Nation Radio. Hi, Dawn. Oh, it's so great to be here. I've heard so many wonderful things about you and this podcast. I'm just thrilled to be here today to let's talk wishes, right? Let's let's have some fun. Let's do that. Yeah, well, we have a great fearless fundraising audience that I think would love to start just getting to know you a little bit better. Um, you know, we, we, we get what you do. Senior director, marketing communications, probably a big job there. Um, but you get it because some days I don't. I'll tell you what. Uh, <laughs> well, let's get the 411 on. And you know what? Somebody the other day told me like I was dating myself by calling it the 411. So I don't know what the new jargon is supposed to be, but we want to get to know you a little bit better, let our audience get to know you a little better. So tell us about you personally, professionally, anything you want to share. Well, I, I followed you on 411, so I guess we're in the same age demo, so we're good. <laughs> we're talking the same language. Uh, so yes, I am the Senior Director of Marketing and Communications for the Eastern North Carolina chapter of Make-A-Wish. Uh, prior to joining the organization as staff five years ago, I worked as a volunteer and uh, did a lot of different roles. Um, I actually, my previous career was in radio broadcasting, so I worked as Uh-oh, a radio the pressure's on. <laughs> I was a radio personality for 15 years, and I actually emceed quite a few events for Make-A-Wish and other nonprofits. So it was really something that um, was a part of my passion for that career was the impact you can have in the community and seeing firsthand the fundraising being done by all of these different organizations, how they engaged with their donors, how they brought people into their mission. Um, I got to see that kind of firsthand standing on their stages and uh, interviewing them before spreading the word for them about their events. Uh, So it was really kind of something that spoke to my passion. Um, I was able to transition that, uh, as I mentioned, about five years ago to a career opportunity with Make-A-Wish. They had an opening and I was interested and it has uh, continued on. It was since meant then. to be. Yeah, yeah it was like it, it was like, like part of your DNA. Uh, do you still take the stage for Make a Wish? I do actually. Uh, Just Saturday night, we had our our uh, return to our Wish Ball event, uh, and I got to be the MC. So that was very fun. It was it was wonderful to uh, be back, kind of on that side of things. Um, but what's also interesting is I have all of those years of stage event experience that I can call back on for building engaging programs and uh, mission-focused messaging for events for our organization. So I really feel like it's a very unique um, and valuable thing I bring to the table uh, for our organization. 
For sure. I mean, I, I completely get that, you know, that skill set, that transferable skill and how it must be so um, impactful to, to the organization because you were actually a spectator. So you were able to receive the information and know how it connected with you, engaged with you, motivated you. And really, that's what we're doing in the nonprofit space where we're talking about our stories, our impact, and we're working really hard to engage the audience to convert them to donate yeah. so we can keep our missions moving forward. So good for you. They're lucky to have you. Oh, and um, you. I'm excited well, it, to jump in. It was interesting because that's how I got in, introduced to one cause. Um, so I would do events and it was back in the day. <laughs> But all, all those paper sheets would be. La, 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 la. Did you just say paper? <laughs> oh, and, and I would be up there in front of hundreds and hundreds of people just read, trying to read handwriting and names and, you know, because you always want to announce the winners. And it my I still remember to this day, my first event where they utilized one cause. I was like, never go back. This is amazing because it, it does, it makes the user experience that much better. So I, I really um, have been a, a kind of a one cost super fan for a while uh, in that setting, you know, having to be the person reading handwriting is. Whew. I love that one cause super fan. I didn't know we, we had them, but that's uh, yeah. that's good to know. And full disclosure to our audience, <laughs> we did not pay Jackie to say what she just said, nor did we ask her for that endorsement. So that no. makes it even more special. Well, it, it's really very, very true. Um, and because having that experience of, you know, whether it's 50 people or a thousand people staring at you as you're trying to decipher handwriting, I, I mean, it's like sweat inducing, you yeah. know, like oh, for sure. <laughs> trying to get this name right and trying to figure out they won the right thing. And there's sometimes there's hundreds of packages and and the software really just made it a, a completely, it's a game changer. You know, it may, really makes it a completely different user experience. Well, thank yeah. you for saying that. And, you know, three, when you're on stage, a half a second feels like. 10 minutes, you start to sweat and you're like, oh, give me the information. It's it's uh, it's nerve wracking. But let's turn our focus to Make-A-Wish, certainly a household name for sure. Um, we have the pleasure to um, work with so many different chapters um, across the nation. Um, and we love, love, love the, the mission. Um, in fact, it was our every year one cause hosts along with so many other, um, indie tech based organizations, um, something that's called Indie Tech Gives and, you know, just a brief, you know, cliff notes version. It's, um, Indiana based technical, you know, tech companies that each raise money in a peer to peer fashion for their chosen um, mission, their, their whatever cause that they're aligned to. And we kind of get into some friendly, you know, competition who can raise the most. And then within our own teams. Anyway, long story short, Indie Tech Gives is, you know, going on right now. We have another four weeks, um, I think, of fundraising and our. Uh, chosen charity is Make-A-Wish Foundation this year. It changes every year. So we're very proud to work with the entire organization and Make-A-Wish Foundation. However, it is a household name, but does, do we, does everyone really know? I mean, we grant wishes. Well, what, what do we really do? What is the mission of, of Make-A-Wish? Let's well, hear it directly from you. As, yeah, as a marketing director, I probably should have this down yes, pretty well. I would um, think so. <laughs> 
you know, and I appreciate that very much. We're, we're grateful for our partnership with um, with One Cause in this Indie Tech Gives uh, pick campaign period because it does help spread the awareness of our mission. So Make-A-Wish was formed um, was founded 42 years ago in 1980. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah. it's a big. So 2020 was supposed to be our big 40th anniversary. So thanks. Uh, um, yeah you know, added to the list of COVID things we can blame. Um, so we, when we were founded in 1980, um, there was a little boy, his name was Chris Grecious, and he um, was diagnosed with leukemia. And at the time, the medical advancements were just not where they are today. Um, and so it didn't look like Chris was going to um, be able to conquer this as we see children today being able to. Um, and Chris's mom was talking to a friend of hers and he's always wanted to be a police officer. And that friend had some friends on the Arizona State Highway Patrol, and they were able to come together and make him an honorary member of the Arizona State Highway Patrol for the day. Uh, A uniform made for him. He had his own badge, hat. They really, this group of people came together um, out of a shared compassion for what this family was going through. And that moment, that wish is what inspired the creation of the Make-A-Wish organization. So Chris's mother, Linda Pauling, and members of the Arizona State Highway Patrol who were involved in that wish went on to found the Make-A-Wish organization in Arizona. So that has spread now globally. Globally, for sure. Yeah. We have Make-A-Wish chapters all over. Every continent has has a -A Make-A-Wish chapter represented. Um, And, you know, here locally in the United States, uh, we have 59 chapters that serve every area of the United States. And we grant wishes for children that are facing critical illnesses. Um, That's a wide variety and it's a growing list. It means we're able to reach more children with the hope of a wish. And that's really what a wish brings. It gives a child hope for their future. It gives them something to look forward to. It inspires them to think big it's a spark, really. It's um, it's a moment in time that gives the child back the power that they have had taken from them while fighting their critical illness. So often we have seen um, research studies done. There's been two. There's one really interesting one that's just come out in the last several months um, that shows that a wish gives children the strength to fight against and overcome the critical illness. And so we're seeing that more and more. We're seeing children beat the medical issues that they're facing. And now, you know, 42 years into our organization, we're seeing those children grow up, have fruitful lives and become involved again in our organization in different and more meaningful ways. Oh, my gosh. You know, I I did not know the backstory. I did not know it was the first wish granted that was actually turned into the founder of where this all started. I, I, I had no idea. Yeah. That's and Chris's mom, Linda, story. is still involved with our organization oh, she is. today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, she's wonderful. Um, and she stay, She knows she attends our national conference every year. She will go if chapters invite her. She will come and speak at, at galas and balls and events. And it's it's a really beautiful story at the base of our mission. And yeah. I think for nonprofits, that's what what you're in it for, right? That beautiful mission. Um, and so for us, it's it's all about being able to reach as many children as possible to share that hope and that joy and to inspire them with strength to know that they can do this. So let's talk a little bit about the research because it's not just that one day, right? It's not just one day of brightness in, in, uh, you know, pretty difficult circumstances of, you know, worry and treatment and 
you know, bad news and, and what's going to happen, you know, it's not just that one bright day. There's really a lot of impact to this wish leading up to the wish, you know, fighting hard because I'm going to be a police officer. I'm going to be meet Cinderella. I'm going to Disney, um, whatever. It's that hope leading up to it, but then it has really evergreen, everlasting effect. Um, so can we talk about the research and their true impact of wish granting? Sure, absolutely. So it is, it's it's something we've learned. Um, we refer to it as the wish journey. Um, from the moment a child enters into our world, we stay with them as long as they will have us. You know, so when they're first, the moment of referral, when they're referred um, is the start of their wish journey. And we have now in recent years launched um, alumni programs that we invite children who have received their wish however many years ago to however many days ago uh, to stay engaged with us and stay involved because we know that that moment, that, that experience with us, the wish renews their hope and it uplifts their spirits, right? So if you're facing a critical illness for children, you know, that's hard to understand as for adults, it's hard to understand. Um, but for a child, you know, they're, getting poked with needles and going through treatments and they don't feel well and it's hard to verbalize it and understand it. And then our organization, you know, and our, our incredible volunteers step in and say, what would you wish for if you could wish for anything in the world? You know, and some kids know right away. Some children take a little while. Sometimes it's something very um, steadfast, something very tangible. Sometimes it's more fanciful. You know, we've had um, children who've wished to be astronauts. We've had children who've wished to meet a unicorn. We make it happen, you know, and it's, it's. um, Wait, how do you make a unicorn happen? Don, that's, I can't, that's proprietary information. Okay. 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 That's very. That's very make-a-wish secretive, but we do, we make it happen. Wow. Uh, so, so, you know, we, we find these um, opportunities very um, almost, I would say we, we look at them as like a, a chance to go above and beyond, you know, how, how far can we go with this, you know, to, to really embrace this wish in this moment. Um, so when we, have a child enter into the wish journey process, we stay with them and that communication uh, carries on for however long they will stay engaged with us. Um, So we know that that positivity and that uplifting spirit, that encouraging the belief in the impossible, you know, we make the impossible possible. Um, it, it, It shows children where they, where they can go and what they can, they can wish for. So it's really something that we focus on. Um, and our recent medical impact study has, um, we've surveyed thousands of wish kids and families, um, from over the years to really say, where is this? Where, what is it? And we have heard time and time again, they they remember every detail from that, or there's a specific moment and it's marks, it almost marks a turning point for them, uh, for the family and for the child. And, you know, when you hear those kind of things anecdotally, you know, and then you can actually have the tangible results, you know, from, from a study, um, it's really very powerful. I can't. Yeah. I, it's just, I'm getting chills just to hear you talk about it. So um, what are some of the special wishes that you could remember outside of making unicorns happen? What are some of the special things that you've done that 
it's so tough um because it's it's always so funny because it's like the most recent one is like my favorite and then the next one will be my favorite and the next one will be my favorite um because they really are just so impactful um some of the things we've done recently um we had that I I truly enjoyed um we had a little girl who wished to meet a mermaid and we made that happen she was a mermaid for a day she got uh she had her very own mermaid tail and she's uh, gone through, you know, lessons and how to swim and how to be a mermaid. Um, we have built some absolutely incredible custom play sets for children um, where taking in any needs that they may have accessibility wise um, or just their wildest dreams. Um, the companies, Do they- the companies we work with are incredible. <laughs> Do they have like limitations or what, what is the process? So, so they're either, they're either self-nominated or someone nominates them. You, so you go through the application process. Yeah. I'm sure there's enough. And now that it lands on somebody's desk there in Eastern North Carolina, the journey starts. Do, do, do you go to, to, to the, to the kids? Do they come to you? Do they have boundaries or limitations or is it just, whatever you imagine we're going to try and make happen. Let's talk about it. Like, how does that all play out? So there are um, very, there's some qualifying conditions, obviously. Um, So the basics, uh, we grant wishes for children between the ages of two and a half and 18 that have a critical illness that is medically verified through their medical team, their doctors. Fair enough. Okay. Um, So we, we do, there are steps to that. Um, And so we work very closely with medical teams to make sure that we are um, granting a wish to a child at, you know, the right time during their medical process. Um, So two and a half and 18 uh, critical illness and haven't received a wish from another wish granting organization. So we always tell people to come to us first, always (laughs) come to us first, come to us first, yeah, come to us first, because, you know, that's, that's the uh, way that we can really ensure that we are delivering these wishes equitably and uh, fairly for all of our children. And then your territory area. So our chapter is Eastern North Carolina. So we serve the 49 counties on the Eastern half of the state, uh, North to South. So um, other chapters, you know, some of them are more centralized. Some of them are an entire state. It really just depends on capacity um, within that state territory. So you live within your chapter area. So you can apply directly to your chapter or applications sometimes go into Make-A-Wish America. They'll, they'll, defer it down to the correct location. Um, And so then once they come into us, we do work directly with their medical team to verify that eligibility and make sure that, you know, we're meeting the need at the best, uh, um, most optimal time. Um, And then the process begins. So it gets um, our team. We have a team of uh, wish granters, our mission delivery team, and um, they have a whole group of volunteers that uh, work within our organization as well. So between our uh, staff members and our volunteers, we meet with the family. Family, either in person or on video, whatever's you know most acceptable to the family, what meets their needs, um, and then the process begins. You know, the the walk through some of the paperwork because, of course, you know we all got paperwork, right? Um, but then they they do they just meet the child and start to figure out what what they would like. And like I said, some kids know right away. Uh, some kids take a little time to decide. Some decide something, and we start working on it, and they change their minds, and that's okay. And that's you know? okay. Wow. 
Yeah. It's a process. Now you have a lot of players, right? I, I've heard terms, but if you can put it all like wish granter and, and, you know, there, there's just, there, there's a lot of players, a, a big part of, of your mission and impact and delivery and granting wishes is the volunteers. Um, so can we talk a little bit about the different players and who's all involved in this journey and how that all comes together? Sure. So, you know, basically within our organization, you know, we have our president and CEO, and then it kind of divides almost in half from there. There's a couple of like floating positions. I happen to be a, a little floating position in the middle, um, but there's our development fundraising team. And then there's our mission delivery, the wish granting team. And that's our staff. Our staff um, locally is about 15 people. We have interns occasionally throughout the, um, the year. Uh, it varies on, you know, what the inter- what side the interns working on um, and stuff, but we have those kind of main departments, and then there's me sort of in the middle. I just sort of float around. I'm all I'm all over the place uh, as a, as a good marketing professional is, you know. Uh, <laughs> Wearing hats. many hats, <laughs> change them all. I have like a, a hat rack behind me. I just flip them all the time. Um, so yeah, and then our volunteers come in um, underneath our staff, supporting everything that we do. We really could not do what we do without compassionate and energetic volunteers. So we are extremely fortunate um, that we have this volunteer base, and they come in on the two sides. Just like you know, some of them volunteer on the fundraising and event side of things. They may say, "Oh, I want to help." you know, collect items for your auction, or I'm, um, I own a business. I can help you do a fundraiser through my work or, you know, different ways that way. Um, or our wish granting volunteers, uh, we do a specific training that they go through because they do meet directly with our families. Um, and they work on that side of the kind of paperwork side and getting the children, um, thinking about their wish and then transferring that information back to us. They stay in contact with the family as we're working behind the scenes. Um, so, you know, they'll recognize birthdays or special occasions, um, just to keep the, you know, connection, that journey, um, keep that energy up. And then, um, they will, when it's time, when we say, okay, we got it, we're ready. You know, we'll, we've booked a trip or we've got all the pieces for the bedroom makeover or um, that hard to find PS5 is in, we did it. Um, you know, they'll collect all the information and throw a big party. Um, those reveals can happen in a variety of ways. Oh, there's a reveal involved. Sure, absolutely. Oh, you know, and that's me, that I didn't can, know. Well, that, you know, that's part of the fun, right? Like, you know- It, it really it, is a journey, isn't it? It wow. is, and it's all what the family is most comfortable with, you know, so if the family says we want to surprise them, we're say we're, you know, doing building a place out in the yard, maybe the family will leave for the day and come home and surprise it's built, you know, um, we, we do that sometimes the child, you know, doesn't doesn't like surprises and the family just wants it to be low key. And we honor that too. Sometimes they say, can we just go to Chick-fil-A for dinner? We'll say, sure. <laughs> you know, wherever, <laughs> wherever it is and whatever the child's favorite snacks are, we try to find out all that information and, and very sure. nimble. I mean, there really doesn't sound like there's boundaries. It's, it's, it's one of a kind, you know, every wish is treated uniquely. Every wish is special. Every wish is meaningful. Every wish is impactful. So we try to honor work. that. A lot of work though, that goes, goes into it, but you could be a wish granter volunteer for a long period of time, right? Is that sure. Wow. Yeah, just um, just earlier this spring, we had our longest tenured volunteer retire. Um, she actually had been with us since our chapter started in 1986. So that's that's incredible. You know, sometimes people come on for a year. Uh, sometimes they stay for close to 40. 
So in, in the Eastern North Carolina chapter, how many wishes do you grant a year? So prior to COVID, we were averaging about 200 wishes a year. Wow. Yes. Uh, COVID changed things a little bit. Um, COVID I think every... just messed everything up. Yes. Thank you. I was trying to keep it tactful, but it, yeah. it's okay. It messed everything up. Um, so, our, But we are extremely proud because we never stopped granting wishes during COVID. Uh, we pivoted very quickly. The word that we all have probably also grown to hate now is pivot. Um, but we, we transitioned very quickly to what can we do? You know, so travel got postponed. Travel, we were not allowed to go certain places. Places closed down, right? So we were able able to look at wishes that were in our pipeline and find ways that we could transition them, move them around, maybe um, es- escalate a few things. So um, our chapter is extremely proud of the fact that we never stopped granting wishes. We never had zero wishes granted this month. We made sure we we pushed through it. And that was a testament to the hard work of our team and the dedication. Um, so now post-COVID, our numbers are a little bit different. Um, you know, our first year we came in at about a hundred wishes. Um, the second, the second year was 121. This year we're pacing close to 150, 160. We'll see. Um, so we're getting there. We're climbing we're almost back. back. We're getting yeah. there. We're, we're, we are climbing back. We're clawing our way too. We are, our team is working as hard as possible. Um, because what we did was we allowed our families to decide what was best for them. So when COVID hit, you know, we didn't say, well, we can't send you to Disney, so pick something else. We said, what would you like to do? Would you like to wait or would you like to choose something else um, and think about it? And we gave them the time to do that. Um, so now, you know, we're we're working through. We did see an increase in our pipeline. Um, and, you know, that's something that we're very aware of and we're all working towards uh, changing those numbers a little bit. But, you know, it's going to take a, a little bit of time, but we're we're committed and we're doing it. Wow. Good for you. I mean, it sounds like you're, you bounced back. I mean, COVID was two years. I mean, really it's just earlier this year that we've been kind of sort of maybe putting it in the rear view mirror, but sounds like you're almost, you know, back at full throttle. Um, so good for you. It's, 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 it's a lot of work and the world changed a little bit. So everything is you know, yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more challenging. Um, uh, you know, how important though are all, are the donations, um, not just monetary donations, because your fundraisers at heart, of course, right? That's why we're, you know, inspiring, you know, fearless fundraisers on this podcast. But what about like the the tangible donations, the airlines, the the points, the hotel, the I don't know, costumes, the organ, other organizations just working in collaboration with you. Um, it, it, it must be huge pool of places that you have to tap to try to, I mean, because if you can offset a cost with a hotel stay and, you know, then that's more wishes that you can grant. So what is that whole aspect of make a wish look like? Yeah, um, actually, that's a great question. I'm so glad you asked that because we are um, a large organization, make a wish, but each chapter actually operates independently. So we're all under the kind of make a wish umbrella, but make a wish Eastern North Carolina, we have our own president CEO, we have our own board, we have our own budgets, we have our own staff. Um, So there is not a giant just funnel of money coming into grant wishes. It all has to be done locally within your chapter area. So there are some national partners that work with Make-A-Wish America that benefit the chapters, but for our day-to-day, everything is generated locally within your chapter area. Oh, wow. Okay. So So in the United States, 59 chapters all running their own. Yeah. 
missions. We're, we're really, really fortunate to have the brand recognition and the kind of federated model that we have because Make-A-Wish America is able to um, work with some of those really large partners like Disney, Macy's, GameStop, um, some of these really um, big organizations. So they're able to manage those relationships and kind of transfer things down to the chapters as needed, you know, as as is most um, efficient to, to kind of help you know, assist the chapters in what you're doing. But locally, we're we're booking flights, we're booking hotels, we're calling, <laughs> looking for Airbnbs, you know, trying to find as many um, things as we can to make a wish come true, to, to really reach that impossible as possible, you know, kind of level. So as an organization, we are really fortunate to have this model because we can call upon other chapters for advice or partnerships, um, you know, if we have a child who wishes to go someplace in another chapter area, we may reach out to that chapter and say, hey, can you help plan this? It's in your backyard. Makes a lot more sense, you know, and then they'll they'll kind of, we call that wish assisting. Um, so that kind of works to help keep things as um, efficient, really, as possible. And so that's a really important part of our wish granting model and how our organization works. Um, but being able to grant those wishes locally, we work with corporations and businesses and organizations right here in our chapter area for the most benefit for our local wishes. So it, it's a, a very um, dynamic conversation that we get to have um, with with different organizations. Wow. A lot, there's a lot going on <laughs> to grant to granting wishes, but we're so glad that you do it. How was the wish ball? Tell us a little bit about that. What were some of the exciting highlights? You know, it was it was so interesting. And I think so many of our fearless fundraisers are going to probably be like nodding their heads and be like, praise hands up in the air when I say this next part. But boy, have things changed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's the understatement of 2022, I think. Woof. Um, you know, this was our first um, in-person wish ball since 2019. So we held our event in 2019. In 2020, we transitioned to an exclusively online event. In 2021, we made the decision to not try to do either uh, because our area was seeing some different kind of metrics with um, vaccinations and surges and all the things. Um, so this was really our first effort back. And we it was tough, you know, because how do you set goals? How do you, you know, and, and so many of these things that you do at events you make decisions based on what goal you're hoping to reach, but then setting goals were just very arbitrary, you know, to, <laughs> I don't know, get out of a hat. <laughs> I'd like $10. I don't know. Um, you know, and just try to trying to see those differences. So, um, I will say we saw less attendees this year than we had in previous years. Um, uh, some of our engagements were a little bit different. Uh, I think we saw a little bit of a decline in um, some of our sponsorship partnerships. We did have some return, but we just didn't have the same number that we had um, cash wise as we have in the past. Now, truthfully, that that could be a positive as well, right? Because you, you start to see what matters um, to some of these organizations. And that, as, as a fearless fundraiser, um, that's what you have to pay attention to, is what do they want? Um, and, you know, we might be having that hard conversation. You know, they may not want their logo on a sign 
um, and to be thanked from the stage. They may want a more meaningful way to engage in our organization. So the challenge fundraising wise is how do you engage that in an event setting? Um, how can you find some of those uh, meaningful, you know? Ways? Yeah, it's the number one rule really in any type of sponsorship is asking the sponsor what's important to you. Yeah. Um, you know, we all have to hit our uh, whiteboards and, you know, start typing out some type of prospectus, you know, the half page ad and a program guide and, you know, all, but it really, it should be considered a jumping off point to open a conversation with the sponsor and asking them. Um, and we have some great blogs on onecause.com that actually address this. Ask, just talk yeah. to me, what's important to you and how, how can we make that happen to bring value for your sponsorship and to deliver the much needed funds that, you know, that we need to put these events on. Because and I think when you look at it in an event setting, you know, what are you doing at the event? What are you doing at say and, and and finding the ways to kind of marry the two of them where you're not necessarily making an a la carte, you know, recognition for every single sponsor, because then that can get out of hand too, right? So it's kind of, of finding that sweet spot of, you know what, what is really meaningful and, and how can we um, maybe take it to that next level? Some of the stuff we've experimented with in the past, I think was a really great jumping off point for those thoughts um, and stuff that we can come back to, you know, we found like some of the sponsors really wanted engagement. And so we produced some video elements with wish kids going to their business that we showed at the event. Um, so that made it, you know, it gives, it gives that flexibility, um, and gives that really more, more meaningful touch. Um, and so I think we maybe learned, we, we should be a little further ahead on that and find some of those, those ways, instead of just relying on silent auction, live auction fund a need. Right. Um, I think it's a little silver lining coming from COVID. Um, we've, I think it's forced us to be less transactional and as you know, to your point, a little bit more meaningful in everything that we do intentional, meaningful, a little bit more connectedness, impact, storytelling, what you share in your story. I think it's really, you know, catapulted that forward a little bit more, giving it a little bit more oomph and substance as opposed to the robotical transactional kind yeah. of thing. So I think that's, that's to come. So it's a rebuilding year, yeah. but it sounds like you're rebuilding wonderfully. Um, what's we next? We had a great time. We had um, the people who were in attendance were engaged and were excited to be there. It was very celebratory. Um, I, so I'm looking forward to our team's kind of SWOT assessment. We haven't had a chance to have that just yet. Um, but we're, you know, just recapping just some of the things that we can do better and some of the things that we can um, grow maybe and see. So what's next? Um, well, we go into budget planning. Our fiscal year is September to August. So we're going right into uh, into those budget conversations. And, and having just held this event, I think is really important because um, it will look, we'll be able to look at what what kind of engagement we had and where that engagement really kind of stuck out. Um, and I do personally, um, I think there's room for our organization, our chapter to really grow in the non-event um, fundraising space, utilizing some of the resources, maybe um, days of giving or um, some of those peer-to-peer -peer options. Um, you know, we're fortunate that we do have a built-in peer-to-peer fundraising platform through Make-A-Wish. 
Um, but seeing some of those engagement and ideas um, that come from other organizations utilizing one cause has been a wonderful learning opportunity, you know, for me to be able to see. Um, but I think there's more uh, room to grow and add non-event opportunities. Um, we experimented with something around Giving Tuesday a year ago that we have we have some ex- potential to grow that. Um, just finding the things that really... Being a little more diversified yeah. in your fundraising. I think so. And I think, again, again, that's something that COVID kind of forced all of us to do. Of course, um, yep. You know, sure but having, you still have to have your events. There are people who like to throw on a fancy dress and they like to come out, you know, and that's, that is, uh, that's a big part of, of being aware of what your, your donors are interested in. Um, but I think we have more opportunity, um, to grow those, those moments. And maybe it's a week long campaign. We engage people in, maybe it's a day it's, you know, I think those digital growth opportunities are, are out there. Um, and I'm personally, I'm ready to experiment. So <laughs> Well, I sound like you have the right person leading some of those um, communication efforts. Um, sounds like you bring a lot to the table in your role and and in your background. So I think whatever you're going to do, it's going to be you're going to hit it out of the park and be successful. You're already um, at full throttle. So it's nice to see. Now, just a, a little segue. You also made the decision to volunteer for uh, the One Cause um, Customer Advisory Board. Um, we're so happy to have you. Um, I think you had the opportunity to meet in person not that long ago in Washington. Uh, what does that mean to you to, to be able to steer some of the innovation at one cause and be part of a larger conversation that just taps into everything innovative in fundraising? Well, when I was first approached, uh, so I'm actually in my second year on the advisory board. They asked me to stay on a second year, which um, was almost as um, humbling and meaningful as the very first ask, um, if I would be interested in joining it, I love everything that I have been able to be a part of in the last um, year and a half on this customer advisory board. It has been eye-opening. It has been engaging. Um, I, to hear, I don't know how much I can say, so I'm going to try to speak tactfully. Um, (laughs) so I don't want to like get in trouble for, for leaking any secrets. Um, but the thing that's been the most meaningful to me is knowing the thought process and the depth that the one cause team goes in creating their products and advancing them. It is absolutely astounding. Um, and then the team that you have there, the, the people that are engaged and involved are one of a kind, man. They are just lovely. Um, They really are. And it just, again, the thought that goes into everything is mind blowing. Like the conversations I've been able to be a part of, you know, um, Stephanie Ragazzino is just wonderful. And, you know, Hey, will you, will you have 30 minutes that I could just show you something you can tell me if you, and looking at some of the stuff the team is creating is unbelievable. And then getting to chat with Steve Lausch and um, some of the other folks that are on. You're naming some of my favorites around here at one cause. (laughs) Well, just getting to chat with some of them on, on, you know, ideas they have and, oh yeah, you can try blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's just such a naturally supportive environment. Um, if someone is listening to this today and hasn't actually made the move to try one cause hands down, do it. Absolutely. Aww, no you're so asked. sweet to say that. Well, you know, no, it truthfully. all comes from our leadership. I'm um, Stephanie Ragazzino is part of our, you know, executive management team. 
And then that's all led by um, our CEO, Steve Johns. And he shares that sentiment. Uh, He's here at One Cause. Um, We hear it all the time because he wants to be part of the greater good. And um, while he has a business to run, for sure, and um, over 300 of us to take care of, he really believes in that, that he's taking care of us, that we can take care of you. So I'm glad that you're seeing that um, on the cab team. Absolutely. And our conference that we went to, um, they got us all together in DC and it was just fantastic. There were members from the national board, uh, members from the team, and then the customer advisory board all came together. And it was a full two days of positive energy ideas exchanged, um, just tracks you can go on, hearing different stories and different perspectives. Um, Steve Johns was there with us. It was really uh, a wonderful, wonderful experience just getting to like- I think that was the first time we did that in person, but we got such overwhelming feedback that I have a funny feeling it's going to be an annual. I Um, think they should for sure. Yeah. It was terrific. Well, one of the reasons why that came about is because we have our annual raise conference. It's taking place in um, Chicago this year in September. Um, it's always in September, but we had the same situation as all of you in that 2020 and 21, we had to pivot to virtual. So we happened to have, you know, hotel credits here, there and everywhere. And it's like, well, let's, let's put it to good use. And that's how that came about. And we're, start, you know, very glad that it did because the feedback was overwhelming and just that face-to-face time with, you know, people like Stephanie, who leads our product development here and for Steve Johns to hear it firsthand. It's just so valuable. So we can't thank you enough because it is a volunteer role, but we can't thank you enough for your time because you're really helping us, you know, shape the future of fundraising and and innovation. And we do want to deliver those tools to nonprofits to help them build better tomorrows. That well, that's part of our mission. I can say from my slight behind the scenes info, you absolutely are. And the things that are to come are very, very exciting. I, <laughs> I am really looking forward to the next um, elevation. For well, we're so happy to uh, have you. I cannot believe we um, really killed this half hour. Uh, most of our fearless fundraisers are, you know, using Raise Nation to, you know, get their workout in or, you know, a little bit of a walk or drop their kids off someplace. And um, thank you all for staying with us because hopefully it was some uh, good time. But you can see that we just kind of yapped, 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 yapped. Um, but thank you so much for being with us. It was a pleasure having you. You'll have to let us know. Um, how you're doing. We'll have to have you back. I want to hear about your future fundraising ideas and more wishes that you've granted and unicorns and mermaids and, and all that good stuff. So hopefully you'll, you can join us again and give us the sequel to. I think to I'll make that episode. my byline on anything I do going forward. Yeah. Unicorns, mermaids, and all that stuff. There you that's, go. Uh, that's a per- that is- yeah. That's the makings <laughs> of a byline. If I ever heard one, right there. Thank yep. you so much for having me. It has been absolutely joyful getting to chat with you, and um, thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about what we're doing here. Yeah. Oh, I have a much greater appreciation myself and hopefully all of our fearless fundraisers do as well. And to our audience, that's about all the time we have for today. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's Raise Nation topic and your daily dose of fundraising inspiration. Tune in for new episode releases every Thursday at 1230 p.m. That's Thursday, 1230 p.m. 
Eastern time. In the meantime, listen to all the episodes on Raise Nation Radio. Follow the channel that you like best so that you can get notifications about all of our new guests. Fundraisers, as you just heard, are doing amazing things to build better tomorrows for our communities. Stories are awe-inspiring, especially when we're granting wishes to beautiful young children. You won't want to miss a single episode. I would like to thank our sponsor, One Cause, for making this episode possible. One Cause is driving the future of fundraising with easy-to-use software for solutions that help nonprofits connect with donors. Be sure to check One Cause out at onecause.com and visit the resource tab on the homepage for a broad catalog of eBooks and blogs and infographics and videos that you'll find very helpful. A huge shout out and guest to my, uh, thanks and to my guest, uh, Jackie, for sharing um, a very expert and authentic voice. Thank you for so much for being with us today. I've got to put you on the spot and ask any last minute words of inspiration. Oh, um, I would just say, keep doing what you're doing and just do good anywhere you go. Do good anywhere you go. I love that. Thank you so much. Well, I know we're going to be seeing a lot of you. Thank you again for uh, just sharing more and, and helping me understand and hopefully our audience, and of course, for your service on our customer advisory board. Um, one last thing, if our audience is looking to connect with you, how do we find you? Oh, sure. You can uh, find me on LinkedIn, Jackie Link. Jordan Welker, uh, or you can email me jjordan at eastnc.wish.org. Well, I have a funny feeling your 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 LinkedIn is going to be hitting, giving you some notifications real soon. Thank you again so much. Um, until next time, that's a wrap. I'm Don Lego. This is Raise Nation Radio. Stay fearless out there. Oh.